We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoor. So before I jump into this week's topic, must tell our listeners our most recent excitement. Rachel, Tana, and I have great news, and we're just excited. We're like, for some reason, we're just, we're feeling refreshed, and I'm excited to tell you about that. So first, going back in memory lane, this podcast, you know, it started like 2019, maybe even a little bit before the the pre-thought of it. Tana and Rachel joined uh, myself, Julia, as co-host in 2020. You know, at that time, that was when we like literally the world was shut down when this all started coming together. We physically have not been in the room. I think it was since it's summer of 2019, I want to say. We physically had not seen each other's smiling face, close-up skin. We were uh, together at a conference in Des Moines. And so it was just like this refreshing glow to actually see each other physically, give each other hugs, high fives. And we got to brag on the podcast. We got to brag on the subscription boxes and tell our cohorts from other states all about this amazing program we have going on and about our amazing uh, followers. Rachel, how was it for you? I mean, Rachel actually was the lead of this conference. She did a lot of legwork for this conference. So when I seen her, she kind of had this like, I'm exhausted look, but she, she had this glower face when she seen Tana and I. Yeah, it was, it was so surreal, quite honestly. Like, I'm so used to looking at you guys in the Brady box and, and talking over the phone. And so it was like the, are they, are they really, they're really here. They're in Iowa in person here. We can hug. Do we hug? Do we high five? Like, what is the new protocol? It's still that weird, like, don't know what to do, but I'm so excited to see you. And then we got to talk all about our amazing listeners, the women that we've been able to kind of connect with and talk to all of our coworkers and compadres across the states to tell them about this great program and trying to spread the word. So it was just refreshing. And then I had to do a whole bunch more work, but that's okay. It was so worth it. And it was, it was just fun to see people in person again. We normally would see each other like, you know, every couple months and now it's been three years so it was a breath of fresh air but I'm so excited to talk about this week's this week's topic I mean I'm I'm thoroughly excited to get speaking with our uh with our guest today so I'm gonna kick it back to you Julia so with the excitement there and, and maybe why what leads into this excitement I uh, so during our conference we spent a significant amount of time reviewing current hunting and shooting sports data stats now it might sound a little boring boring to Rachel and I and Tana we nerd out on this stuff like this is some pretty cool information that was coming out and what grabbed our attention is the continued growth from 
before even 2020. So 2019, probably even before then, even now to 2022, we are seeing a continued growth of females purchasing hunting licenses. So that's what our data shows. And we see it in our growth of our programs throughout the state. Uh, we're seeing it in also in growth of females purchasing firearms. I don't know. I mean, we can, we can give ourselves a big pat on the back, Rachel, but honestly, it's obvious. Okay. It's a regional, it's a national thing. So it, it's just the efforts on of spreading the words, getting these females outdoors active in these programs that we're offering. Another big takeaway from our conference was just the importance of being seen, right? And, and Julie and I can certainly relate to this. I know our guests can certainly relate to this today. Um, just if you don't see someone that looks like you participating in the activity that you think you want to get into, why are you going to do it, right? I was on a conference yesterday with the Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation. And if you do a Google search for fishing, it's like a whole bunch of middle-aged 18 plus white guys that have like these grins and, and fish, which is great. But so there's a lot being done both on the nationally and then and some really pointed stuff to really grow our, our images of, of women, of different folks that, that want to be seen and, and are active participants, but just might not be visually shown. I have a good friend who's happens to be of Asian descent. I asked her if she wanted to go fishing and she's like, uh, we, we, I don't fish. I'm like, why not? I'm like, you like being outside? Granted, this was not in February of in Iowa. This was, this happened to be last summer. But I'm like, why? You like to be outside. We could, you know, pack a cooler. We could sit by the shore and just enjoy. She's like, you can do that while you fish. She's like, I've never seen someone that looks like me that fishes. I'm like, well, let's go down to the river. And at the rivers, uh, very different. The makeup of actual fish anglers, fishermen, women was so different than what we do see in broadcast media. So it was it was reassuring and, and it's pretty cool to see. I mean, REI and, and some other folks have done the Year of the Women, Woman. Like different people are really targeting companies like Orvis and, and other folks are, are making intentional 50-50 campaigns where they're showing, if they show a male, they're showing a woman so it is cool to see i would love to sit here and take full credit on it but i think it is uh, a much bigger thing and it's it's nice to see and then you know we have so many great partner groups which which julie can certainly mention that that really do bring um, female activities to light and, and just try and grow that just the opportunities you're right you know in programs like the she goes outdoors and wild herness wonder woman and becoming an outdoor woman uh that we, we know of is moving into even 31 years of reaching out to females in the outdoor sport. And I, I know there's a lot more out there. There's a lot of them. Like my Instagram, my Facebook page, it's full of those um, exciting programs, but I see them because I'm searching for that. And it's that comment there that you brought up that if I don't know it exists, it's not going to pop up to me. Again, I think this is some an other conversations that we're going to have in the future, but I, we want to focus on uh, a particular guest that we had today that we absolutely adore her story and what she has done starting with the becoming an outdoor woman program and i'm not even going to share the story we have her here because uh, she's going to do an amazing job sharing that this week's guest is to share her experience with the becoming outdoor woman program here in nebraska and i rumor has it she's going to iowa now too let's move into her story welcome to the show janelle crib please introduce and where you're from my name is janelle cribs i I have been living in Nebraska for, I think this year would be 
eight years, eight years. And uh, I originally moved here from Las Vegas. I was uh, born and raised on the West Coast, California to be exact. Northern California is the cool part. You guys just want to throw that out there. I grew up uh, in a family where like we, I was a, I was a city girl through and through. Like we never hunted. We didn't fish. I mean, you know, guns are bad. And my Nana gardened. And that was about the closest thing we did to like outdoorsy stuff. Like no one went on hikes. I had never been camping. Well, I did go to summer camp once when I was eight. And that was actually the first time I had ever shot a bow. Absolutely amazing. I was surprisingly good at it to be so young and never done it. But I spent my entire 20s just trying to like figure out what my hobbies were. You know, like I had friends and we did like the nightclub things. And I just tried so many different things and nothing just really felt like me. It wasn't until um, I met my husband and um, I actually got to, you know, take a break from the rat race. I moved from Omaha into country. I live in Cass County. I live in a little teeny tiny village <laughs> called Hoboka, Nebraska. Stay at home mom. And I finally had the time to focus on myself and kind of think about what my hobbies were. Like I had um, ran a gastro club in uh, Brooklyn, New York already. And, you know, I lived in Vegas and worked at a bunch of cool casinos. Like did a bunch of cool stuff like that in my 20s. But I really just wanted to figure out like what was me, what I liked to do. So I actually started spending a lot of time outdoors. Um, I started gardening, started going on hikes. My husband, he took me to Flat River uh, State Park for the first time. Um, actually, for one of our first dates, actually. And uh, we climbed the tower. He took me to the little waterfall. And I was like, ooh, like, this is fun. Like, I, I, wish I, I wish I did things like this more often. And it just, like, kind of slowly progressed. So last year, last May, I believe it was, I was just um, on the Nebraska Game and Parks website looking for um, some cool places to camp with some of my girlfriends. And, you guys, this is, like, so great. So I saw uh, that there was an event calendar, and I was like, ooh, I wonder what kind of cool stuff they have going. I found the Beyond POW program. It was a women's archery course. It's like a three-week course. It was for it was beginner-friendly. And I was like, ooh, that sounds, like, super fun. And I told all my friends about it. I was the only one who signed up. And I was like, okay, whatever. And it was absolutely amazing, you guys. It was, like, the best experience ever um christy christensen she was a course instructor for that and you guys i am absolutely in love with her <laughs> like she is she is like I, I want her to be my mentor i've told her this like so many times i was like can i just like follow everything you do and can you just help me be be my best like outdoors person because i know what i want and i want you to teach me how to do it <laughs> and it was great the archer course was fantastic i had so much fun i met so many wonderful ladies and there were people there from just all different experience levels but um, a lot of uh, beginners like me you know my favorite part about it was throughout uh, the three weeks is we tried a bunch of different bows like first we started with the basic um the genesis you know i think those are the ones that they have the in the archery in the schools program which by the way i think it's awesome because we did not have anything like that in uh the schools in the cities that i went kudos to you guys i love that and then the second week we uh tried like um i think a few uh missions and diamonds and botex but the third week you guys someone brought in a few bears when i tried all the other ones i was like okay like these are cool like this is nice mm, that one shoots good but it's not really I'm not really connected to any of these, you guys. When I picked up that bear, oh, my goodness. It was like Cinderella's foot going into that glass slipper, y'all. Like, <laughs> no, honestly, I picked it. And it, it was a Cruiser G2. Like, and I remember I picked it up, and I was like, ooh, this is it. And you guys, it was the most 
accurate shooting I've ever done. It was the most comfortable I felt shooting, and it was absolutely amazing. So this was like maybe a week or so before my 33rd birthday. The day after my birthday, my husband took me to Cabela's. <laughs> and we went, and I walked in, and I went to the archery department. I said, I want a Bear Cruiser GT, and the guy was floored. He's like, um, all right. <laughs> It was, it was fantastic. And so for literally, I mean, I just practiced and practiced and practiced. And um, I actually joined a lot of outdoor women's groups right after that. I, I learned that there was just a plethora of opportunities for me to um, experience the outdoors, but not by myself. Really apprehensive at first because I'm a black woman, you know, I'm a black woman who grew up in the city. And um, there are not a lot of for a long time, and even still to this day, like not a lot of black people feel comfortable doing outdoor activities because for a long time we weren't really welcome. You know, there's there's a stigma. Mm -hmm. There were some times where, you know, it was like a, hey, like, what are you doing? It was a real gatekeeping situation. I was like, really my only apprehension was going with pursuing these hobbies is I was like, well, what if the community isn't as friendly as I'm hoping they would be, you know, but in spite of my fears, this is actually the outdoor community has been some of the most amazing people I have ever met in my life. And not just in a, we're not a prejudiced or judgmental way, but just in a, we love nature. We love life. We love all things outdoors way. Like I've never met so, I've never met so many like true to the core of nature enthusiast until I got into all these outdoors activities and just uh, hunting, camping, hiking, like just everything, just the whole like umbrella of, you know, outdoors activities, like they're just some of the most amazing and nature loving people I've ever met. Like I've met vegans who, you know, smoke cigarettes and flick their butts on the ground, but I've met people who are hunters who, you know, like, you know, don't litter literally the most knowledgeable and skilled outdoors people that you could ever imagine. One of the things that I noticed is I have friends and families that see me, you know, post these things I'm doing. They're like, wow, like I've never been kayaking or, oh my God, girl, I can't believe you went on a hunt. Like, holy, like, holy mama, you know, like that is amazing. And like, you know, you're just, you're, but I, I, I got you out there doing it, girl. And then I'm like, I am, this is great. And I, five years ago, I couldn't imagine um, just being this confident or just, not even being this confident, but having something, having a hobby or hobbies that are like just this near and dear to me. And I mean, it's been less than a year, you guys. <laughs> it's been less than a year. I wanted to back up because you, you kind of mentioned at a at a young age, at it sounded like eight, you got this opportunity to go camping or go to summer camp. So you and I have so many parallels. I grew up in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. not a city kid, but certainly not a rural kid. We, we had, they just had cows so that they made ice cream that i mean so you did that then you met your husband then of all places he takes you to platte river state park which you back to to get this like how cool is that like this place that you're now familiar with also offers this this archery program i have to ask like what what caught your eye like why did you say hey this is the this shooting this archery shooting series program it's i think it's how was it like was it just the period you were in your life or just looking to get something new or or what what do you think brought you to that i think it was a combination of both i mean i was looking for something new to try i was just barely vaguely familiar enough i was like man you know i had a really good time shooting the archery when you go when you go to the renaissance fair and, and you know you pay to shoot a few arrows i've done things like that of course but i've always just enjoyed it so much and i thought about it, I was like well dang like it's a it's a women's only course and i can learn how to shoot and if anything you know i'm just gonna have a great time it was just a part, it, like i said uh, like i mentioned earlier it was a part of a whole on um, me just trying a, a whole umbrella of different outdoors 
thing just to see what I liked the most. And that was, that was the first one I tried and it was instantly, <laughs> instantly hit. I mean, when my husband and I, when we went to uh, get my bow, I mean, I came home with Target, with the whole shebang. So <laughs> I love your comment too about Cinderella finding her glass slipper. Like it, it's so true. And, and we talk a lot of, about it a lot where we like, my biggest gripe is I can't find waterfowl. Like I can't find insulated bib pants that actually because it turns mm-hmm. out I have childbearing hips. And so that's like my like my gripe, right? Because it's always like that kid in a little coat where you're like shoved in like a little tootsie pop and you just it doesn't just doesn't work. So to hear that your your glass slipper is I mean that that is the beauty of all of the equipment that we use is you have to play around with it. You have to feel it to say, yes, this is, this is the one for me. So it's, it's cool to see that in that program, you're able to try a a variety of different in this particular case, archery. Yeah. That was fantastic because otherwise I wouldn't have known, like I wouldn't have known what I wanted or uh, where where even to go to get one or, you know, what I was looking for in a bow. Before <clears throat> before the uh, women's archery course, I had only shot traditional bows. And so I was really intimidated by, by compound bows. I'll be honest. I was like, what is this? Like, oh, my God, there's so many doohickeys and gadgets. Like, what, like, <laughs> like how? Like, what am I? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then the register, oh, my goodness. Oh, it was like, you know, total overload. Christy was so good at just explaining everything in depth, and she had a lot of she had a lot of uh, great assistance helping her as well. Everything was just so thorough, and I felt comfortable handling the boat like almost immediately after you know like learning the safety stuff and you know learning the basics and you know I was like okay yeah I can do this all right heck yeah like let's let's get this going you know I, I no longer was intimidated about potentially handing, handling something dangerous and that was one of that was a that was something that stuck out with me with uh, that instruction course and made me want to come back for anything else that they um, offered as far as like any kind of hunters safety or education or firearms training because I enjoy shooting firearms it's, it's fun like it's that I grew up being told like oh guns are bad but no one ever explained to me well you can use guns to hunt there is sport shooting you know there's this like I was never told those things it was it was just straight up no no guns at all and my husband he actually comes from a gun family he uh he's hunting his entire life and his dad's like a competition shooter and he got his first buck when he was i think 12 and um he doesn't hunt anymore and he goes he, he goes I don't hunt anymore because, like, I just don't feel like processing game. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I guess I'll learn how to do it because <laughs> I love it. And, like, and, and I love to cook, and i really gotten into, like, homesteading lately and trying to be self-sufficient and things like that. Me actually starting to hunt really came came in at, like, a perfect time, you know, as far as wanting to um, learn how to be a bit more self-sufficient. Janelle's been talking a lot about BOW archery, and Nebraska's going to be doing that. We call it just an archery, learn archery series, and it is offered at Platte river state park that's where she did it three week series where it progressively grows you attend that first one where you just honestly just get comfortable with a genesis bow learn the safety and then it progressively grows into more skills as you as you return the next week after the week and she uh, explained that and and how she became more comfortable going into it hardly probably never even touched a bow before and by the end of that series in that one month time frame only going once a week she was ready to rock and roll and try to purchase her own bow and to try hunting on herself now this may not be the story for everyone but it, it gives a clear example of how the becoming an outdoor woman program it works how 
our amazing instructors such as Christy and our other volunteers and staff at the park are there to to guide you. So I want to put that plug in because we uh, we have that on the schedule again. You can go to Nebraska BOW's website and, and register for that. So I just wanted to throw that in there. We're going to go back to Janelle's store. Okay. We want to hear about maybe the most successful piece of this story, your deer hunt. Uh, you know, I guess maybe that's not even the most successful. Maybe it was the most successful is just become comfortable with the archery. That maybe maybe it was most successful. But we want to hear about the deer hunt because that is the image that like Christy was bragging on it, like bragging on you. Like you, she was like, look what she did. And that's when it sparked our interest. We wanted to- my pleasure. So I was a bit nervous about hunting just because I didn't know where to start. As soon as I, after taking the uh, archery course, I saw that there was a uh, women's only uh, hunter's education course that Christy was also teaching. So I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and get my hunter's ed certification. And I was able to get in both bow hunting and um, all the uh, other firearms, which it was a great, like, it was really comprehensive. I, like, I personally learned a lot about just firearms themselves, about um, the ethics of uh, hunting, you know, and just, I mean, everything in between. So it was fantastic. So one of the outdoors women groups that I'm a part of is Wonder Woman Kansas, one of my favorite outdoor groups. Absolutely amazing. It's ran by uh, Jessica White. So they do a, an annual ladies doe hunt at um, this very, it's this gorgeous ranch in Kansas called Timber Hills Lake Ranch. It was basically the perfect opportunity for me to for me to uh, try my first hunt. I wasn't quite comfortable, you know, going out in on public land or in the park by myself yet, to be honest. I was like, you know what, this will be the perfect uh, opportunity for me to at least, you know, experience my first hunt, see if I like it. And I went, I went into this situation in mind very positive and optimistic, but realistic. I said, okay, girl, like, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great experience, but prepare yourself for the fact that, you know, you're actually going to hunt an animal and you're going to process it and this is the whole thing and you might not like it in the end. It might not be the experience you expected. I definitely was honest about my, honest, honest with myself about um, we got there and it was absolutely, it was a great weekend. Um, the lake, like I said, the ranch was gorgeous and um, it was a guided hunt. My uh, guide, his name was Steve and he was from Arkansas, y'all. He was so nice and he was my best friend for the whole weekend. It was like I said, it was a great weekend and um, I didn't get my dough until Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we were out um, in the blind for about a half hour. Just the whole weekend, I was just, I was so nervous. I was so um, like excited and I had a few opportunities, but just no just not the, quite the right shot the entire weekend, you know? And, but in, I mean, in the meantime, it was, it was gorgeous. I got to see, I've never seen any button bucks that close. I had never seen a flock of turkeys fly like that close to me. And just the scenery was just absolutely gorgeous. So that was one of my favorite things about it. The last day after being out in the blind for, I mean, about 30 minutes, this beautiful doe comes up. All I could remember, all I could think of was every single, every single thing I've ever been taught, not just by Christy, but also um, I went to an archery retreat in Iowa uh, that was ran by um, Steph Lane, uh, who does the Wisdom Waters Project. And everything that the two of them taught me just was there. It, like, it, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't blink. It was, it was almost like, it, it was almost like everything that I learned was just 
and it was almost it was instinctual and it was just I knew I knew what to do I knew how to act I drew and I was just shaking with adrenaline and just me thinking about thinking about it right now <laughs> I'm, I'm just right back there it was it was so surreal she uh, very clean and ethical kill I all I remember was I heard my arrow hit the ground and I saw her leg buckle and I freaked out you guys because I thought I, I thought that I just just maimed her. I thought that I was like, oh no, I just broke her leg and that's it. And she's like kind of trotted off, you know, one thing. I was like, I wounded her. I'm such a terrible shot. Oh my God, it's awful. What am I going to do? Like, we're going to find her. We're not going to find her. And the coyotes are going to get her. And what did I do? I'm such a terrible hunt. Turns out it was one of the most cleanest ethical kills I've ever killed. It was like, you guys, I, I don't mean to be macabre or anything, it, but it was just an absolutely fantastic, just clean kill. I, I couldn't hope for anything better. You know what I mean? Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I got to do the whole the whole shebang. Um, we got to I got to watch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still kind of reeling just from the excitement oh, of reliving it. But <laughs> first time in the field, or you've been an experienced hunter. I mean, I, it's it's those emotions whether you are going hunting for waterfowl, if it's turkeys, anything. It's just it's that they used to call it, or sometimes you'll hear it as buck fever, where you see that animal coming and it just like all these tingles start hitting you, and it's like, oh my goodness, here it is, here's my chance. And then when when you you take that shot you, you that fear or that hope that you had that successful harvest and so yeah when you say it like that i definitely had that fever <laughs> you are right there we all get it and it's just those nerves and then when you you're able to get get out and see that you had that successful harvest it's like uh, just all those tingles are there again and of proud and joy and uh congratulations to you thank you every time i open my freezer i'm like wow well because so yeah, I, I got to process it, or I got to help. I got to help and watch process my dough. And I mean, I, I had venison um, a few times in my life. Um, my grandpa he, he used to make just fantastic uh, venison jerky. But you guys, I mean, this I went from being a city girl who was a bartender, wore fancy nails and all that jazz, to being a whole bow hunter. <laughs> and it's like it's such, it, it was such a it was such a transition, but in a good way. Like it was, it was growth. It wasn't forced or artificial. It wasn't someone. It wasn't me doing it for you know like a man or me doing it to like prove anything. It was just so organic in in a way where I was like, man, what do I like? Like what what do I want to do? When this opportunity came upon, showed itself, and I was able to just progress from. I mean, it really snowballed. <laughs> Honestly, it went from me taking the archery course to to me starting to go to women's retreat weekends. The first one I went to was the uh, Women in the Outdoors, and um, then the archery weekend was, was in waters. And, you know, those those camping retreat weekends really prepped me for my my first hunting experience. You know, like I had so many questions, but I didn't know who to ask. Or, you know, I wasn't – my um, group of girlfriends at the time, I was the only one who, you know, was into these type of things. And so that's why having these – um, outdoor women groups are so important because like there are people like me out there who really who want to try these things but who just don't know we don't know where to go we don't know who to talk to and and sometimes it's intimidating you know when there's already like an established group and you know it's like hey i'm a newbie like, i want to join you guys and <laughs> you know but but people you know everyone in the group is already experienced or you know like some people gatekeep again like that's a, that's a huge thing so um, I'm really grateful for the becoming an outdoors woman, um, especially because I wouldn't be here <laughs> without it. And I highly encourage anyone who 
who um, you mentioned earlier, uh, your friend, um, who was like, oh, well, you know, no one out there looks like me. Well, here's the thing. I, that was a huge um, issue that I, was, that I was struggling with, too, well, being the only black person, you know, in, um, in the group in, in a situation like this. And I actually started to look at it like, well, I'm here because maybe I'm here to represent the black people that aren't here, you know what I mean? And also to solidify the fact that to everyone, to people of color and non, that, hey, like, we can all do, we can all do these things. You just have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and try these things. And that's what I did. And I've actually had this conversation with a few people about that. And they're like, wow, you know, that's a great perspective. I've never really thought about it like that. I was like, well, I mean, I still hear a lot of, like, oh, black people don't kayak. So who I love kayaking, and turns out I have a lot of a lot of other black female friends who love kayaking too. And now that and that I've been telling them about these things, hey, we can you know go to these these women's retreat weekends. There's a Wander Women Iowa uh, where I'm going on a um, weekend retreat with them. Uh, that's camping and kayaking and, and hiking and backpacking. And so I again I have a few uh, friends who live in North Omaha who just have never done any of these things and we took them to the tree adventure at Arbor Lodge because yeah, my husband's an arborist he is a tree nerd and he's just he loves trees and so I mean they, they've never done anything like that and they would say stuff like John Hill we've never we never would have thought to do anything like this if we hadn't came with you and you know and that's great I'm glad that I'm t- that I'm able to take things that I'm learning from these groups and share it with other people like especially people who aren't really um who have no other inter- who have no other ways to you know get into this outside and you know they don't have anyone who uh, in their lives who are who are able to introduce them to these things. That's a great feeling. Uh, again, Julie and I are just sitting here shaking our heads, saying, "You got it." Yeah, uh, absolutely. I couldn't put it more eloquently. Not being seen, it, it's it. I think sometimes, and and I'm guilty of this too, is I don't see myself somewhere, so therefore it. I assume I'm not wanted. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I've, I've had to do internal searching too, like, but I want to do that. So I'm going to be there. And then, you know what, suddenly more and more folks come out of the woodwork that do look like me or, or do, do act yeah. like me or have kids or, you know, whatever nuance that you want to, you want to spotlight for that day. But, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's so exciting to hear, your excitement and interest and just passion that is kind of just oozing out of you. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Sometimes I, I call this podcast, uh, my like Wednesday pickup because, um, we get to speak to such amazing women that are doing such great things and, and just taking an, you know, an hour to spotlight them is so cool. But I I have to ask, you know, you kind of mentioned a couple different groups that were, kind of pivotal in getting you to the place where you are but did you have a like a specific mentor or like one person that you kind of lean towards or spotlight as like that person that that got you thinking this way so i'm gonna name drop three people i've already named dropped the three people so christy christensen of course um jessica white and um steph lane they so um, Jessica White runs Wander Wander Woman Kansas, and um, Steph Lane does uh, the Woods and Waters Project. Those two, especially um, Steph, they really helped me get comfortable with. Steph really helped a lot with um, me getting comfortable 
preparing for my hunt. The awesome parallels with Christy and Seth were uh, just the whole archery um, instruction in general. Christy was really, she was just so thorough and comprehensive and fun and comfortable and like knowledgeable about everything archery related. I guarantee that you're probably going to hear from us again. I'm processing here. She used the word mentor. I'm like, I'm seeing her going to be a mentor and helping us in the future too. <laughs> I emails after this conversation. <laughs> By all means, bring them to me, you guys. I love it. Thank you again. Like, this has been an absolute pleasure. Like, I was, I'm glad I got to share my story with you all. Can't wait to meet you guys in person. Can't wait to talk more. Can't wait to go do some more things. I'm actually going on a pheasant hunt this weekend. I've thoroughly enjoyed my conversation this morning, and I cannot uh, thank you enough for joining us, Janelle. To all our listeners, again, join the conversation, get involved. We have pollinator boxes still available right now on the on our website, sgooutdoors.com. Um, looking forward to getting those out and then really looking forward to our educational Zoom where we kind of put all the pieces together, all the things that you get in that box kind of makes sense um, in that evening adventure with us so looking forward to that as always share your your stories your pictures your thoughts your ideas on our facebook page make sure you subscribe to the podcast and until next time we will see you outdoors